first thing I want to proposition to you is the need for honest self-assessment. You know, if you're going to live your high calling, and if you're going to, even to have a marriage these days, okay, your best game, you're going to need your best game plan for your marriage, for your work, to live your Christian life. In the 80s, we could just go to church on the Sunday, and we could just take it easy during the week. Ah, oh, it was awesome. There was lots of money around, lots of, um, what do we call it, cash flow. There was, you know, get a loan, buy this, buy that. Do you remember those days? Who remembers that? The 80s. You know, and uh, it was awesome. You didn't have to rely on God. And, and, you know, it was fantastic. And we could just go to church on a Sunday and say, God, you're good, you're great. And, oh, we can do this life now. But you need your best game plan on because we're in the crucible of the toughest economic times and, and a culture clash and a culture wars. And, and, and there's so many poisonous things out there and cultures. And you need your best game plan on. And to do that, you need to have your heart cleansed. Your heart cleansed will be able to appropriate the best game plan. I want to give an, I want to give an example to finish me off. Jeremiah 12.5 says this. I've never used this scripture. I love it. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? So in the natural, if you've been doing life and you've been struggling to even do that, if you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Meaning when I really put you into the fray of the battle, how are you going to manage? Like if just doing normal life, you're tripping over that and you're falling down and you're, and, and, and you're not making it work, how are you going to go if I really put you into something where you've got to consolidate a blessing or breakthrough? or so? How are you going to go then? I love that scripture. I want to show you... Just a couple of moments, a couple of minutes of William Wilberforce, great reformist, 18th century, who had a great hand in abolishing slave trading. Amen? Check this out. Can we have that rolling? Amazing grace, how sweet. What do you want with an old preacher? I'm here to seek your advice. Are you contemplating a life of solitude? People like you are too much. Besides, Wilbur, you have work That's to John do. That's John Newton. He's but the slave trader who got saved and wrote the classic hymn. No one of our age has ever taken power. Which they is were why we're too friends. young to realize that certain things are impossible. You're what? the best fighter in the house and the best speaker. Where does this little terrier spring from? I believe he's a Yorkshire terrier, my lord. One man will risk everything. Payment in kind. There's nothing you have I'd want, Your Grace. He'd fetch at least 25 guineas. The game is over. To speak for those who could not. They do this. To let you know that you no longer belong to God. But to a man to make the blind see. We have no evidence that the Africans themselves have any objection to the trade. And to lead a movement that would change the world. Do it. Throw the dirty, filthy ships out of the water. Slave trade has 300 MPs in its pocket. It would be just you against them. If we were to outlaw the trade tomorrow, this would bring financial disaster. His enemy is my enemy. Will before this available. No matter how loud you shout, you will not drown out the voice of the people. People. more. In Africa, I was a prince in many ways not unlike you. 
I'm going to try again. As your Prime Minister, I urge caution. And as my friend? Not to hell with caution. Remember, God made men equal. But now I see. Did I write that? Yes, you did. Now at last it's true. Amazing Grace. Um, for those who don't know the story, 1801, William Wilberforce, in his quest, in his mission to abolish slavery, he was almost derailed by this, by this passion he had or this mission he had by this thing called, and, and it can be a toxic thing in your heart, ambition. Uh, there was a new prime minister uh, voted in uh, into England, and this prime minister wanted William Wilberforce on his team, and he got so elated. He wants me on my team. He, did, he, he, was, he just got mesmerized. In fact, uh, the, the, the biographer says he actually got mesmerized. He got seduced by this possibility of becoming one of the key ministers in the cabinet for the prime minister, that he left his mission, his high calling, he left that behind and went uh, down a different road. And story goes, and why I'm telling this story, that he had a discipline in his life that enabled him to rectify that problem. This was a crisis, and if he didn't get through this, who knows what would have happened. So there was a spiritual crisis for him. Uh, the seduction was uh, ambition. He was mesmerized by it. The story goes, at the end of the day of worship and solitude, Wilberforce wrote this, um, PowerPoint, blessed be to God for the day of rest, that's today, that's Sabbath, and religious occupation, that's church right now, wherein earthly things assume their true size. Ambition had been reduced, he says, in the presence of God, in that quiet time with God. Uh, the crisis was addressed, uh, and we know by this brief comment that he references these great secrets of his personal life. He was committed to weekly withdrawal. I just found it. I don't know. This was yesterday. I had my message done and dusted, and I picked up a book, and I found this story. Thank you, Jesus. And, um, and I thought this was so pertinent to our message. Pastor Phil, how can my heart be detoxified? How can I be cleansed in my heart? Well, we need to learn from William Wilberforce and John Newton, and I'll explain. Pro, uh, Psalm 43, verse 5, there's a couple of ways that, you know, conversation can happen. Let's say this, he says three things. He's actually said three things. He says commitment to, what's his key? What's the key of William Wilberforce to have a detoxed heart, to have a right heart before God, to serve him at this most high level? And listen, guys, I believe everyone in this building is, it's your calling to serve God at your best high calling. Amen. Don't let the world dumb you down. I was going to serve God. I was going to do this. But hang on, my friend said, even, you know, someone said, my boss said, if I work seven days a week, man, I'm going to, yeah, man, if my, my, someone said, you know, no, stay with God. Get with God. Let God put that in its right perspective and do what God's called you to do. It might cost you but you will have a clean heart before God. Amen? 
He says there was three things. He said, one, weekly withdrawals from the wild scrabble of public life so that he could engage in worship. So important to engage in worship. Even, you know, with people beside you that are distracted, they're restless. Remember, people have got a restless soul. Until they get the victory, they will be restless. They will be trying to talk to you when you're trying to worship. Hang on, can we just, man, that's great, but look, can I just worship? For I don't think we worship more than 10, 15 minutes, amen? Is that, is that basic, you know, can, can, we just, can we just do this? 15 minutes, talk to you till I'm blue in the face. It's all good. So whatever distraction is around you, your phone, lay it down, turn it off. Your friend, kindly say, please, I just need to worship God. I just need to give God a chance in my life. I need to detox my heart. In doing that, you detox your heart and you'll be able to come up roses in Him. And Will, William Wilberforce says this by saying, What's his secret? Weekly withdrawals from the wild scramble of public life so that he can engage in worship, connection with a small circle of friends, and quiet reflection. I thought that was amazing. Sometimes it's us making conversation. Psalm 43 verse 5 says, Why, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope. You've got to talk to your soul. You've got to talk to your heart, guys. Soul, why are we being distracted? Why are we doing this crazy stuff? Soul, help me. Speak to me. Soul, speak to me. My heart, speak to me. That, that's the center of who you are. That's the essential part of who you are. Speak to me. Why, 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 are we, why are we listening to this person? Why am I going this way? Speak to me. You gotta get to know your heart and then protect your heart. There'll be decisions in your life that you'll have to say, in my heart, I don't think that's right. And that's good because your heart now is sensitized to God. Not insensitized, desensitized. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 139, verse 23, search me, O God. This is another cry from someone to God. It's a conversation, it's a reflection, but a conversation to God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Sometimes it's God speaking to you. Genesis 4, 6, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? 1 Kings 19, verse 13. 19, verse 13 says, when Elijah fleed from the big epic mountain uh, confrontation where the prophets of Baal were laid to rest, were took it, taken out by, by God, he fled. He fled and became depressed because um, Jezebel said, I'm gonna come after you, Elijah. I'm taking you on, I'm taking you out. He got so dismayed, he went fleeing for his life. He walked, he ran for hours, for days, and he found himself in a cave. And then God said to him through a voice, 1 Kings 19, 13 says, when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? This is God saying to Elijah, what are you doing here? And basically, if you look at the scriptures, he says, slow down, sleep, eat, drink. And again, tell me, how did you get here? This is God speaking to Elijah. And what follows is fascinating. Through this inner conversation, he realizes that Elijah's inaccurate perspective on things is repaired. Detox, hashtag detox was accomplished. 
They say Wilberforce as a public servant rarely deviated from his Sabbath commitment to his inner conversation. Had he not, no telling where we might have, what had happened. In fact, he set aside every morning to start the day with reflection as an inner conversation, a discussion with God, like a spiritual reset button. He once said, he said this, this is his quote, William Wilberforce, in the calmness of the morning before the mind is heated and weary by the turmoil of the day, you have a season of unusual importance for communing with God and with yourself. In his biography, it says, in the day-to-day battle, the biographer actually said this, in the day-to-day battle, it was more and more those early morning hours and his quiet Sundays that gave Wilberforce strength and fresh perspective on himself and the world. And guess what, church? We need that right now. We're in a bigger battle than Wilberforce is even in, even to hold ground for our salvation, even to hold ground to be the people of God who we're called to be. This is going to take an an exemplary effort to hold the line. They did a survey of Christians about having time in devotion, just quiet time. And again, I say this could be in your lunch break. This could be before the day starts. This could be at the end of the day where you just quiet yourself, come before God. And they asked Christians, why can't you do that? What's the problem? Why can't you come before God and have that quiet time? And here's some of the responses. I'm just too busy, meaning I'm just too scattered. I just can't focus on that. Another one, I don't have the slightest idea, should be on PowerPoint, what what if I do and if I took the time? Another statement, my mind is too full of thoughts, I can't concentrate. Another statement, I'm an extrovert. Being alone, being quiet, reflecting is just not my thing. Another statement said, I don't get any immediate results of doing it. It's boring, it's boring. I'd love to talk about Moses. Moses had a certain place, a tent of meeting. Wilberforce had his Sabbath, a certain time. There's a certain place. Moses had that tent of meeting on the outside of the Israelites' camp. He'd go there and he'd just chill out with God. He just really wanted, he was upset. His heart was polluted maybe with, with you know, he was downhearted. They'd been, he'd found them out. This is straight after, by the way, the story of being found out worshiping an idol, some Egyptian practice. He, they went back to it while he was up the mountain. He came back. God, why are you doing this, people? Why are you doing it? And then straight after that says, but Moses went to his quiet place to detoxify his heart, to get a heart of love again for his people. Wilberforce, Moses had his tent, certain place. Wilberforce had his Sabbaths. I love this scripture, Eugene Patterson, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 in the message. Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. Is that great? I may as well nail this now. Three scriptures. The French philosopher and inventor, he wrote in his book, all the unhappiness of men arises from one single fact that they cannot stay quietly in their own chamber, meaning quiet time. For many years, William Wilberforce enjoyed a friendship with John Newton, the slave trader, and uh, later, the, uh, the man of God, Wilberforce, was the politician, Newton, the pastor. What they had in common was their faith and their belief that spiritual power was derived first from the activities of a quiet inner conversation of a man had with God. Apparently, Newton reduced the core of his spiritual life into five principles. PowerPoint, five principles. This is, Newton says, this is, this is how I get through life. This is Newton, the slave trader, who was whipping slaves, angry with slaves, cursing them, angry with God, had a severe encounter with God, got saved, 
become fully born again, a lover of God. And he says this, he says, there's five things I use as my principles of life. One, to begin and end every day with God. Two, to to peruse scriptures with a diligence and attention suited to the dignity of the subject. Three, to spend the Sabbath entirely with the Lord. Four, to choose for my companions only good people from whom I may derive some improvement from. Amen? To become all things to all men in order that, that I might save some. And he says, and that should work. This is the three points I didn't give this morning. Quickly tonight, what do we, where do we find rest for our souls? The answer is God alone. Let's check this out. Psalm 46, verse 10. The three things that we need to take away tonight, how to do this, the practical application, is Psalm 50, 46, verse 12. He says, the psalmist says, Be still. Be still. From all, tell your soul to shut up, quit running, sit down, and be still. As Marty would say, and I've heard him say a lot, calm down. Calm down. Calm down, soul. You're going to get some food eventually. Calm down, soul. We don't need that gossip just yet. Calm down, soul. You don't need to say that. Calm down, soul. We can worship God right now. We've got time. Calm down. The message is nearly over. Calm down, soul. Be still before the Lord. I know that I am. It says, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth and he will be exalted over your life. Two, just wait for him. Just wait. Just keep waiting until he comes. It won't take long. Psalm 37 verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Wait patiently before Him. Rest, wait, rest, wait. Psalm 135, 6. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in His Word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Now, watchmen waited all night until the sun come up. Three, third, just take a moment to reflect on God's goodness. Let's all stand. God bless you. Reflect on His goodness. Reflect, and that's what we were trying to say this, this earlier on. God, you are good. You are amazing. Psalm 116, verse 7. Return to your rest, my soul. Let's go back to church. Let's go to our connect group. Let's go to Yars. Let's go to SG. My soul is going to find rest in God. Return to your rest, my soul. Psalm 116, verse 7. For the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death. You've delivered me from death, my God. That's awesome stuff to ponder on. You keep me from stumbling that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Father, we thank you tonight. We ponder on you. We wait. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. 
For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ for all our